I don't know why. That was seemed like really rushed. <laughs> I'm excited. It's just like I was about to say something and then I just heard like not even like a hi from you. It was just on the, via the phone. It was just more like a, a just a noise that came out of your mouth. <laughs> I'm just excited. I have a really uh, I struck gold while reading the chapters for today's episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I'm, a, I'm very excited. And I'm excited because I, I made something inspired by the chapters that I'm going to tell you about. And I'm very excited, excited to tell you about that, too. I mean, you could say I made something. Oh, you OK. I okay. made sense of something. OK, I, I made a f- very bad Photoshop job. <laughs> Oh, now I'm scared. Yeah, but it's fun. It'll be fun. Uh, how are you, Hannah? I mean, the last time that we talked was, I mean, we technically talked last night, but also before that, it was the live stream. Yeah, uh, the live stream was super fun. Uh, I'm sad that, you know, we had some issues, but yeah. it was very fun. Yeah, we definitely had uh, some, yeah. I've, I have recovered from watching the movie. I've, I've recovered. I haven't yet. Um, I thought I had, but then funny, funny enough, I actually had uh, like a movie reference in my dream last night. No oh, joke. No. Like I almost never remember my dreams unless it's like super weird. And this was super weird. Uh, well, I mean, the, the only thing though, <laughs> I, I, Logan Lerman as Percy Jackson was like a passing character in the dream. So like it wasn't like too bad, like he was one of those like people that you interact with. But I knew like it was was one of those things where it's like I knew that it wasn't Logan Lerman. I knew that it was Logan Lerman as Percy Jackson. Yeah, speaking of Logan Lerman, Netflix put Netflix on April Fool's Day dumped a lot of movies and things on Netflix. Oh, I think it was just because it's April first, but everyone was like, "Are you sure?" But they uploaded Perks being Wallflower. So if you want to watch a Logan Lerman movie that won't make you upset. I still need to read that that book. I I really need to read that book. Um, I just keep getting reminded of it. Um, For those of you who don't know, I have a small TikTok following. (laughs) Flip hair flip. Um, But I did a video on there about like things that I want to see adapted onto the stage and perks of being a wallflower just like keeps being commented. That'd be a really good play. And I, I mean, from what I've heard, yeah, I, I just need to read it and slash watch. Do you, would you suggest me reading the book first? I would always suggest reading the book first. Okay, I'll, I'll re- request it from my digital library. Uh, you could also go to, there's this website called Thrift Books. I'm just saying that's for everyone. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I and mean, you can get like four dollar books and shipping over ten dollars is free. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I, I'm it using takes, it. It takes a while mm-hmm. to get there because they find them from like, uh, you know, just like Goodwills like goodwill. almost. Yeah. yeah. But like it's because I'm writing a short play and oh, sorry. And I need to do some research and I'm getting my research books from thrift books. But I mean, with the Rona happening, mailing isn't like the best option right now. So I would suggest mm-hmm. everyone get the app Libby. Have you heard of this, Hannah? Yeah. This, yeah, is, yeah. this isn't an ad, by the way. It's my favorite library because you use the library cards that you already have to access digital libraries. And it works just like a library system. You like check books out, you rent them for a while, and then they immediately get rent- like returned. It's great. Mm. Yeah. That's yeah, but one of my if favorites. you don't like reading things digitally... They also have audiobooks, which is what I use it for. 
Yeah. Because I have found a new love for audiobooks. <sighs> yeah. Which, oh, by the way, so speaking of audiobooks, train of thought, because, you know, it's early in the morning and I'm just waking up. Um, okay. I... So I've been listening to The Sea of Monsters instead of reading it. I have the book, but I just like listening to it so I can like do other things. And I was listening to this one guy who didn't separate the the book into chapters. What he did was like five minute slots, essentially, which was fine. But then I found out that there's like a, a middle school or like an elementary school teacher who's live stream reading the chapters to her class. Because of Corona? Yeah, because of Corona. And she does it by chapter. And it's like the best thing because like she's the sweetest person. I'm going to like look up her name super quick because she is the best and I'm obsessed with her. Um, Hold on. I'm going to look her up. Um, Please tell me. I I, I mean, you know, I'm not a first grader, whatever, but I would love to have someone read to me. (laughs) Yeah. Okay, well, let's see. What's her YouTube channel? Um, where is she? I would highly recommend that maybe if people who are listening don't have anything to do, that you could do something like that. Yeah. For your siblings, or even like you could get in contact with your school and say, "Hey, could I like every everyone's school has a Facebook nowadays? You can be like, can I go on Facebook Live and just read a couple chapters? It could be a Percy Jackson. It could also be something else." Yeah. For my job, I got on and I recorded a video posted on Facebook. And it's just me reading a bedtime story. And it got like over Aww. 500 watches because parents are desperate to like find something to have their kids do for a yeah. little bit. So if you, if you want to give back and like help out during this, mm-hmm. find ways to entertain kids. Yes. Oh, that's yeah. So yes, 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 yes. Um, the teacher's name is Paige Carsey. Oh, yeah. That's a cute teacher's name too. Oh yeah. Um, but yeah, so she, I've been listening to her because like it's it's the best. I don't, and like which is going on the what I photoshopped. It's I was like cleaning my room as I was listening to her and I misheard something, so I photoshopped uh-huh. what I misheard. And I'm very excited to show you. So, I I want to ask you a question before we get uh, into the news and into the chapters, just because uh, I I think that this is, you know, such a crazy time for everyone, and uh, reading has really helped me, so I just, I want to know what else you're reading right now, mm, or what I... else you are, you know, listening to, or what other uh, literature or plays or something, just like one recommendation you can give. Oh, just one? Um... <laughs> Okay, I mean, I'm most of the books that I've been reading are for research because I'm writing things based on them um, right now. Um, I can I give like a younger audience and like an older. Okay, so these are both things that I'm reading because I'm adapting them into plays. So um, for a younger audience, my favorite book of all time is a book called Rascal by Sterling North. Um, it is a autobiography of Sterling North when he was 10. He lived in uh, Edgerton, Wisconsin. And for a oh, summer... I someone from there. Yeah. Um, and for a summer, he had a raccoon named Rascal. And so it's, it's essentially just a boy and his dog story, but it's a boy and his raccoon. And it's just the most charming book ever. I am obsessed with it. I... 
Uh, I'm adapting into a play and I'm very excited. And yeah, and then for older audiences, I'm reading a book called For the Thrill of It. The And it's about Loeb and Leopold and Loeb. And Loeb, not Loeb, Loeb. Leopold and Loeb, I believe is how you say their last names. Uh, they are, well, they were um, around the time that this book was, this uh, book was uh, written about. Uh, they were 19, two 19-year-olds living in Chicago, and they believed they were so superior um, to other people because their IQs were off the charts that they thought they were above the law, and they started doing all of these little crimes and everything. And then just to see if they could, they just they murdered, uh, like, a four... Uh, how old was the boy? Like, 12-year-old neighbor? Oh, wow. Yeah, and, like, when they were asked about why they did it, like, they were just, like, like the, the book title, which is For the Thrill of It, that's what they responded with. Like, they had no reason to. They just wanted to see if they were... If they could. Uh, and it nice. was... Yeah, and this was happened in, like, 19... In the... Oh, I'm writing a play about it, but I can't recall some facts. That's some big airy kid energy. (laughs) Uh, I mean, yeah. Um, But um, it was in like around the turn of the century in Chicago. And and so like um, there I'm writing a play about uh, meetings with their defense attorney who was like one of the most famous defense attorneys of the time. Um, the uh, What's the lawyer's name in Chicago? The musical. Oh, uh, uh, the only thing that's going through my head right now is the song We Both Reached for the Gun. Yeah, uh, but that guy. Uh, so this, So that character is loosely based off of this lawyer and another lawyer. Um, mm. That's how good they were. Uh, and the kind of stuff that they did. And it's just fast. It's just a fascinating exploration about Billy corrupt Flynn? mind. Billy Flynn, yes. Yeah. Uh, it's just like a fascinating and really dark exploration about corruption in someone's mind. And like, yeah, it's, uh, it's interest. It's really interesting and dark. And like, it's, if you like true crime, I would suggest it. I love true crime. Yeah. How about you? Awesome. Uh, well, I just finished reading a book called uh, Aristotle and Dante Discover the Secrets of the Universe. I need to read that. I need to read that so bad. That's been on my reading list for so long. Yes. <sighs> you... Sorry, what did you just say? That has it's, been on my reading been list. On your list. Yeah, it's okay, been on my sorry. list for so long. It, it skipped for a second, so I was okay. like, wait, what? Uh, it's phenomenal. It's really good. Uh, it's, it's a really just easy read mm-hmm. to like take your mind off things and yeah. it's very charming uh and then i also have with me right now i'm reading um for classes i need to find monologues right now i'm reading the trojan women by euripides Ooh. so and, some greek <laughs> an interesting novel it's only 27 pages or um an interesting play i guess yeah yeah it's very small yeah and but- then there's also hippolytus in this mm. book, so maybe I'll read that too. Yeah, I recently read Oedipus because, once again, writing a play based around things. So I recently read Oedipus, and um, yeah, Greek plays are interesting. Have you ever like, you know how fun it is to explain to someone what an Oedipus complex means? <laughs> well, it's okay. Well, the fun fact. So the play that I'm writing it centers around Oedipus in the underworld, um, mm. and like if you think about it, Oedipus himself didn't even have an Oedipus complex. 
No, he didn't know. No, like it's so stupid. It's like the for those I'm gonna, of you who don't know. Yeah. So Oedipus, I'm saying this loosely, killed his dad, right? Yep, he killed his dad, married his mom, married his mom unknowingly, because he wasn't raised by his parents. Um. And it was like foretold in a prophecy that he would do this, and he's like, "Ah, that doesn't happen." And like he's had he had kids with his mom. Well, didn't his parents know about the prophecy, so they kicked him out? Yes, but at very young, at very young. So like they didn't, and this was, and he did this when he was grown. And also when he killed his dad, he didn't know like because his dad was a king. He didn't know that his um, dad was the king when he killed him. Um, (laughs) And. Oedipus should be a character in a Percy Jackson book. Holy cow. Um, um, yeah, I don't know how Rick would uh, approach it. Yeah. He, I mean, he has, he has approached some shady topics before. I'm sure he oh, could find I'll a way. Oh, I'll get into that today. Yeah. Um, and then, like, so the Oedipus complex is something that Sigmund Freud came up with um, about how every man, like, has this inherent desire like unconscious what's the word i'm looking for not unconsciously Un- is it unconsciously subconscious subconsciously thank you that he wants to have sex with his mother like well, and it's it's more it's more of like taking over his head yeah of the household yeah it's like a it's a it's like a almost primal thing and for those of you who don't know like sigmund freud was this huge uh psychologist he's one of the most famous ones and some of his things are a little you're like <laughs> I mean, okay. So yeah. If you ever study psychology, yeah, it's very interesting. Yeah. But um, it's fun for people like us who like Greek mythology to suddenly be like, oh, I've heard of Oedipus. Oh, that's Ooh. why you're talking about Oedipus. Yes. Ew. Ew-y. Ew-y, yeah. Yeah, so I'm actually, so the play that I'm writing is Oedipus in the Underworld talking to Sigmund Freud. <laughs> And I'm very excited. Like, it's great. It's on my, like, lower priority of things to write right now. But, like, it's fun. Yeah, that's very fun. Yeah. Cool. Uh, do we have any news, Hannah? Um, so, yes. The answer is yes, but the answer is also no. Oh? Um, so, the, the only reason I say that is because it's really hard to find news right now that isn't about corona mm-hmm. <laughs> like i will scroll through i usually just go to twitter for my news because i like to get things straight from rick riordan yeah um and it it there isn't really a lot i did get a pretty good prank though yesterday uh this popular percy jackson account on twitter changed their name and profile picture to rick riordan Hmm? And tweeted, hashtag Disney adapt Percy Jackson might be closer to happening than you think. I saw that you retweeted that and I got really excited. Yeah. I didn't know that was a prank. Dang it. Yeah, it was a prank. Ah. I retweeted it not knowing it was a prank, but then I immediately, like the second after retweeting it, was like, wait, you're not at Camp Half Blood. And then I was like, well, even if Rick had tweeted it, I sent it the day of, you know, April Fool's and mm. since he is notorious for screwing with people sometimes. Yeah. I didn't really trust it. Yeah. In the first place, and then I did more digging and I found out that that wasn't actually him. Uh, but that's still a thing, you know, still keep thinking about Disney Dap Percy Jackson, you know. Exactly. Keep thinking about it. Yeah. Um uh, there is some news about Rick Riordan, like, straight from his source. On Twitter, he posted um, himself, like, setting up 
backgrounds to do recordings. And I'm wondering if that's for like Riordan presents meetings or something like that, like business meetings, or if he's going to be making videos for us, the fans. And so is it like video recording or like audio recording? He has like a backdrop. Oh, okay. So probably video. Interesting. Yeah. Ooh. Um, so, wonder, there I, might possibly be some stuff coming out. There's also a Hannah, released Hannah. What if he yes. what if he starts reading the books to us? That would be so wonderful. I, I want really that so that. bad. Everybody tweet at Rick Riordan for him to read the books for to us. Uncle Rick. Uncle Rick. <laughs> um Yeah. And so he also released uh he made a joke. Mm. a long time ago and I remember when he first tweeted this because people made fan art and like actually wrote this but people said that they really just wanted the seven you know after their final quest to just write about them being happy he's like what do you want me to write about them just sitting around eating nachos or something (laughs) so he did he did write that and he released it recently my (laughs) beef with it though is that he says it's canon and fits with the story but if you read Trials of Apollo, okay. it doesn't. <laughs> okay. Um, I don't know when those when this could have cohesively happened. Mm-hmm. Because, and I'm going to get a little spoilery for about a minute. But okay. not too bad. So we all know Leo and Calypso, right? Uh-huh. Like how Leo, how Leo ends Heroes of Olympus. Yeah. Well, Leo comes back in Trials of Apollo. This is, like, in the first book. So it's not super spoilery. Mm-hmm. Um, but the thing is, not all of the seven are together, because obviously some of them went back to New Rome and everything. So Leo comes back, and not everyone knows right away. Like, the first person he meets is Percy. So this meeting with all of the seven sitting around eating nachos couldn't happen. Because half of them are across the country when Leo shows up, Annabeth's in Boston doing stuff with Magnus. Like, it's just, I I was like, Rick, have you, have you read your books? This isn't canon. Like, this doesn't work. Because they're all sitting around together. All of the seven. And Leo's like, yeah, Calypso's off doing this. And it's like, Percy hasn't seen her yet. When in Trials of Apollo, like, they meet. Percy and Yeah. So this, it doesn't, it's not canon. (laughs) (laughs) Anna, I think you're thinking too hard about this. No, I'm not thinking too hard about it. I don't want to spoil anything more, but there's no way that all of them could have been in the same room together. Like, there's no way. Well, I think Uncle... Can I tell you, okay... Bleep the next 30 seconds, but you already know this is great. So if you don't want to get a major spoiler... Or yeah, if you, Apollo, if you don't want to get a spoiler, down, like five. skip Ready? like 30 seconds, okay? okay? Go. Five, four, three, two, one. All right. Jason dies before he knows Leo comes back. Oh, that's kind of sad. Is the T. Okay. And Jason's at that thing. Basically, in like the second or third child of Apollo book, I think it's the third is centered around Piper and Jason. And the second one is centered around Leo and Calypso. And the first one has Percy. Mm. And then the fourth one is Hazel and Frank. So all of these, like, they feature, like, a little bit of the seven at a time. Mm. 
And Jason dies before he knows Leo comes back. So there's no way that they could all be at that meeting together. And that's my beef with it. Okay, so if you, for all of you, skip, skip a little more ahead. Conspiracy theory, not knowing anything about this series, do you think that this is in the underworld after they're all dead? And, um... That the only time that they have that they will be happy is when they're dead in the underworld. Uh, no, because it references uh, like what they're gonna do tomorrow. Okay. Like Percy's mom. It references how Sally is. I want to talk about this too because it references how Sally is writing books about Percy, Mm, implying that the Percy Jackson and the Olympian series is written by Sally. So not the original books. Wait, hold on. <laughs> Rick. Yeah. So is Rick now Sally? Are they the Rick, same person? Rick is making it seem full circle, yeah. Okay. Rick, what you doing, man? <laughs> yeah, it doesn't make sense. Uh, okay. If you have also read this and were confused, please let me know because the timelines just don't line up. Like maybe they're saying that Blank comes back to life. Hmm. Maybe. Yeah, I have beef with it. So read it. It's cute, but don't. It feels it. It's not canon. Hmm. Gotcha. So, there's the beef. Okay. Gotcha. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's okay. Huh. How does... What? How? Mm. Rick, stop pulling a J.K. Rowling and changing things on Twitter that are different from the books. Dude. (laughs) (sighs) Okay, at least he hasn't come out, like, years later and been like, oh, yes, you know... And like, I didn't put this in the books because I wasn't interested in putting it in the books, but... Yeah, and also, like, at least Rick Riordan, um, like, advocates for trans rights. Anyway, um... And that's the tea. <laughs> and that's the tea, sis. Uh, yeah. Okay, any other news? Uh, no, like I said, it's pretty hard to find it, so I'm sorry if I am, like, missing some news. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just, yeah, it's just hard to find, you know, news. <laughs> yeah, gotcha. So before we get into the DMs, I want to ask you a question, speaking yeah. of the Rona. So, okay, quick question. Does this, the main seven include Nico or no? I forget. No. No? Okay. So we're going to do this main seven plus Nico. How are they all dealing with the coronavirus? Go. How do you think? Uh, I think, uh, they're being as helpful as they can. Uh, I mean, if this was written, you know, if this wasn't real life and it was a plot or a Friarden book, yeah. it'd be a solution like, oh, go find who's ever causing this and stop it. But this is a very real life thing. Yeah. Um, and it's not, like, that's not the solution. Like, uh, who do you think is social distancing? Who is not respecting that at all? Uh, I don't think Percy and Annabeth could do that long enough. And I think that they'd probably be together yeah. throughout all of this. I think... I uh, feel like Annabeth would be fine. It would be Percy who would not be okay Yeah. With oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I just learned this term, but it's called a simp. <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait, what does that stand for squirrels in my pants? No, it's, <laughs> a, it's a it's a 
boy who yep. is and I don't love this term. No, I don't either, but like it's um, funny. Because, it's kind of a meme right now. Yeah, because like if you if you love someone and you do anything for them then that's I don't think we should shame and I don't think we should no. shame men for having emotions like that. I exactly. Kind of doing. We should but not shame men for non toxic behavior. <laughs> No, 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 exactly. Uh, but that's like the, you know, the meme that's going around. And that's what Percy Jackson is. Yeah, Percy's a simp, yeah. Uh, and there's nothing, there's literally nothing wrong with that. Hey, Hannah, cute. that's going to be the name of the episode now. That's fine. Um, <laughs> so I think they're together. I think Piper's holed up in her mansion by herself, but she's making TikToks to spread awareness. Uh, I'm, think, sorry. Um, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, but the f- but the phrase TikToks for awareness makes me laugh so hard. Well, that's the world we live in. Yeah, yeah. Oh my goodness. Okay. <laughs> um, Grover um, is not social distancing because he's like Grover's in the woods. Not seven, but I know what you mean. Grover's oh, is he not including the right seven? Now. No, it's uh, Percy, Annabeth, Piper, Jason, uh, Leo, Hazel, Frank. I feel like that's... I feel like Rover and Nico need to be included in that. Well, I mean, we can talk about that. I think Nico is helping Will yep. as much as he can. While, uh, you know, he's just being a good boyfriend. I think Rover is thriving right now because the environment, like some goodness, the environment and the climate is doing really well right now. Yeah, I mean... What was that fake meme of dolphins returning to the that one place? What was that again? I forget. Venice? Venice, yes. Yeah. I always forget the name of Venice. Okay. Um, let's see here. So wait, do, do you think that Ambrosia and Nectar would... <laughs> I'm sorry, I hate to be on still on this topic, but I'm curious. Do you think that Nectar and Ambrosia would cure the Rona? Uh, I don't. Oh, interesting. I definitely don't want to like make uh, fiction out of a real thing. Yeah, I know. You know, I mean, it is it is a nice way to to think about things, though. But I I think that this is such a you know I feel like if there were if there was a plot like this in the books, mm-hmm. uh, if what we were going through right now was fiction, I don't think it'd be that easy. Yeah. Oh, definitely. You know. Yeah. Because it's not that easy in real life. Like, no. There's no cure right now. No. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Should we go into so the DMs? Then, yeah. Oh. Should we go into the the chapters? The DMs? The DMs, yes. DMs and then you because you have some reviews too, right? Yes, I do. Cool. Um, so we have a lot of DMs because D- people DM'd us after doing the live stream, and then pe- we have some DMs pre the live stream. Um and just speaking on the live stream for a little bit, so we we kind of spoke on having some technical issues. We were supposed to record it and release it as a separate podcast. However, so I looked into this, Hannah. So mm-hmm. something happened when I turned on the live streaming software that we were using that turned off the recording. I figured that was what happened. Yes. So we have none of the recording. We are so sorry. Uh, when we do the Sea of Monsters movie we will figure something else out because what we were doing did not work. Uh, but we still had a fun time. So that was fun. And if you were a part of the live stream, fantastic. If you weren't, like, I'm sorry, I guess. I don't know. Um, but anyway, so we have some DMs. Um, t- stop me if we've already... I don't think we've already read some of these. 
Um, but stop me if we have, and I'll just edit it out. So we got one from Emma Jen Barton. Um, she said, or they said, I guess I don't know their gender. Um, so they just listened to the podcast and they noticed that we were confused about Percy's age throughout the story. So they thought they would help. And the lightning thief, Percy is 12 or 13 just after. Oh, I just see that. Are you liking it? Um, and uh, Sea of Monsters, he's 13, just turning 14, and so on and so on. And then also, because yeah, I'm supposed to be reading this really bad knockoff book, which I haven't been and I need to. Um, but they suggested another one called Demigod Fire after Percy Jackson came this by Emma Weir, which I'm so going to look into. Yeah, that sounds very interesting. Yeah. So, I'll yeah. respond to this while you pull up another one. Okay. Um. Uh, we got a meme uh, that we'll post in the story after this. Um. So our good friend Mac is cheesy. Wishes us well. Um. And wishes me luck writing my play or plays, I guess now, because I have a too much gene. Um, yeah. So we got one from Diabetes Kids one two, Kid One Two Three, and they said that they are a random stranger who just found our podcast and got addicted to it. They noticed that you, Hannah, um, Ares cast the curse upon Percy that Riptide would fail him when he needed it most, and you thought it didn't come back to him, but it does on page 267 in Titan's Curse. When Percy is fighting Atlas, his sword becomes so heavy that he can't lift it and falls off Mount Tam. Whoa! Yes. So, that's a super cool thing. Um, at first, I was very skeptical yeah, and th- th- they weren't very, they were kind of skeptical about uh, sending that in, but we're so glad that you did because it's super cool. Um, we got more fan art, by the way, that I'm so happy. Um, so, Kiera's Moon uh, drew, remember that picture or that snap that we took of me um, yeah. <laughs> uh, with the tutu on my head? They, were, they, they drew that. And I'm, I love it so much. Um, so I, oh, I did, almost reported it. No, I thought I was trying to save it. Oopsies. I just wanted to save it. Um, once again, we have another attempt talk, trying to get to your Joral. Uh, he saw the message, but he didn't respond. Oopsies. Um, okay, so we got a message. Um, by we got a couple messages actually actually by Katakito, I believe is how you say their um say their username. Yeah. yeah. Do you want me to read this one? Yeah, if you want. Okay. So hi guys. I'm listening to the newest episode of your podcast and I just wanted to comment on what Hannah said because it, oh I, we read that one the other day. Uh so it's this new one from Friday. Uh s- Sunday. Well, I think also the, the oh. so she sent something on the twenty seventh, and then also on Sunday. Okay. So I don't yeah. think we read, so read, read the either. One. The, my best friend is a huge Harry Potter fan. Well, first she thanks us for reading the question uh, and answering it in depth, and then it says my best friend is a huge Harry Potter fan, and it took me years to finally get her reading Percy Jackson. Like you said, she didn't like the idea. No, excuse me. 
of reading something so similar to the book she read first, so I guess that's a big reason. She did enjoy the book lovely, and she's currently reading Mark Cepeda and totally fell for our golden boy, Jason. Um, and then on Sunday, it said, oh, also, regarding your question about the myth, I'm watching this anime called Noragami at the moment, and it's basically about ghosts and gods who live among humans in modern society. Humans can't really see them, but they do like, they do sometimes feel like something is off when a ghost is near them. Near them is doing something big, like knocking loudly against a window or something. Hmm. The concept they introduced reminded me a lot of the myth, so I want to tell you about it. In that series, it is said that humans actually do see the ghosts and gods, but if they don't believe in them, their minds can't comprehend because it's seeing what it's seeing, and they basically ignore what's in front of them. Oh, hmm. that's, yeah. That would make a whole lot of sense. That uh, would. They say this process is like the way we meet hundreds of strangers on the street every day, but we would never remember their faces because we don't believe in meeting, seeing anything important. Mm. If a human does start believing in this certain ghost or god, they might be able to see them because they subconsciously start searching for them. Ooh. That's interesting. Uh, I think there might be several layers to the myth, like one general one that stops humans from seeing monsters and gods and one that can get manipulated, like we know Hazel can manipulate it. Interesting. That's really interesting. That would make a lot of sense how you need to be exposed to it and aware of it to start seeing it. Yeah. Gotcha. That's really interesting. Thank you so much for sending that in. Yeah, that's a good concept. Yeah. Uh, Although I do want to mention there is that part in, so we read Save Monsters today, and when they board Mm -hmm. the princess Andromeda, Percy notices, like, when he's at camp, Tyson just has one eye. But the second they get out of camp borders, the mist starts to manipulate it again. I, I wonder if there's, like, special rules for, like, different types of creatures, like monsters versus... Um, yeah. That gods. Like, for example, also, like, if we think back to the lightning thief with the chimera attack in St. Louis, like, they also didn't see through the mist right away. Mm-hmm. So or maybe monsters can manipulate... And, they're like personal myths. Well, and I guess maybe it goes along with what uh, this uh, user said that it's like if you're looking for monsters, you'll see them. Mm-hmm. If you if you if you're consciously like if you're looking at that dog and you think that dog looks a little weird, also maybe that dog like could also transform back and forth. So I'm sure that's a thing that mm-hmm. they can do. But um, like if you're you know, if you're not really looking at Tyson, yeah. You know how when you're not really just looking at something in real life, that sometimes it looks like something it's not, or mm-hmm. you don't notice something. Like if someone changed the paint on their walls, but you aren't really you're looking at something on the bookshelf, you're not going to notice the paint on the wall. Mm, okay. Gotcha. It could be something like that. Yeah. So that was very interesting. Thank you for that. Yeah. Uh, we have a question from Ray of the Weird. This was a response to the questions that I, like the little thing that I posted for the live stream and I, we didn't get to it. Um, but what is your favorite blue food? Blue jelly Okay. I, I was trying to think about like what my favorite blue food is. I don't, maybe like, remember those like cotton candy, like suckers that you get like at the bank or like in like the, the, the dum-dums. You know those yeah, that I'm talking those about? those are good. Those are yummy. Yeah. Um, so we got, so the, now we're getting into the DMs pertaining to the live stream. We've got a lovely message from Melina Lisbet on Instagram, and they just had a great time on the live stream. Uh, we got a message from 
Chaygirl07, thanking us for the live stream, but they do have a question. Um, do, you, do you also think the lotus flowers were drugs? And if so, is it possible that those drugs could be the ones that Percy sold at school? I.e. Percy yes. Jackson is, confer- is a confirmed drug dealer and he works with Lotus Casino. Yes, they were drugs. No, Percy does not sell them. Percy is a drug dealer. Um... <laughs> I knew that question would annoy you, but whatever. Um, got a lovely message from Jake thanking us for the live stream. Same with uh, Walt, uh, but he also sent us uh, a lot of uh, this long message about the mist as well. Hannah, do you want to read it? Yeah. So it says, I've been thinking about the mist when you mention it in the podcast, so I decided to put my input in. The mist is an overarching thing that spans not only the Prince Jackson series, but also the Magnus Chase and the King Chronicles. Mm-hmm. Although, of course, the Magnus Chase is called the Glamour, and as we found out in Crown of Swami and Demigod the Magician series, it said that the mist is the top layer of the Dewey. I forgot about that. Oh, yeah. Differently, but it is practically the same thing for consistency. I'll just be talking about the Percy Jackson in terms of Olympus. Mm-hmm. So Hikate, depending on uh, she basically controls it and keeps it in check. Other gods can manipulate the messages, Ares and Lightning Face, along with Hikate's children. And some select demigods, such as Hazel or Talia, but this is very difficult to achieve and requires a lot of practice. Mm-hmm. That's the basics. You know, what you were talking about in the podcast about person not seeing through the mist is an interesting case. My, per- my theory is per- basically person didn't look hard enough. And that kind of goes off of what we were just saying. Yeah. Uh, let me explain. I'll be using the debate as a comparison that makes it a lot easier to understand. It takes a lot of focus or a lot of practice to see through the debate or the mist in the King Chronicles. As they start to, as at the start, they have to really focus to see the mansion, and it takes a while just to be able to look through it without even thinking about it. When you mentioned in the podcast about the two different layers of the mist, I don't think you're far up. As mentioned multiple times, Chris Jackson, mist can be different thickness, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. And the thicker it is, the harder it is to see through. How many seas does thickness does the mist thickness have? Quite a few. Gotcha. Uh, since Tyson has been alive, I like since Tyson has been alive, I like to think that mist has just gotten thicker around his eye to the point where Percy doesn't notice it. Remember, he's only been there for a year. Mm-hmm. And I guess that's something you just don't think, think about focusing on someone's face as that isn't something you would look to. Whereas someone like Annabeth with a lot of experience as a cyclops and has been exposed to longer just notices it straight away. And it is true. Annabeth would always... I mean, we're going to find this out later, but Annabeth and cyclops is like she's got a pretty bad mm-hmm. rap with them. Yeah. She would probably be, you know, looking for stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you want any clarifications or extra information, so if you missed something, I am very sorry to the same. Please don't hesitate to message me if I'm happy to help. This is my favorite thing to talk about, but I'll never do because I don't know many people who are Chris Jackson. Yeah, that's very interesting. Yeah, which, thank you, Waltz, by the way. This was a really interesting conversation, um, which goes back to, I think I kind of mentioned this last podcast that like my theory is because with most of the gods no they exist because people believed in them and then they kind of move around Mm -hmm. my theory is so the gods are not the all-powerful beings in the world like the ultimate all-powerful beings the mist is and the mist is what's making the gods exist because of people believing in them so would you kind of say, like, the mist is almost the universe, it's a layer of the universe as a whole? Yeah, I think so. 
that's that's really interesting. Yeah, I, I want to hear straight from Rick on mm-hmm. this. Yeah, but I think that everyone's on the same track. Like, yeah. you have to be actively thinking about it. I will. I will put this on the list of things to ask him when we eventually interview well, and him. Maybe for people like Sally and isn't it Rachel who also sees her pretty well? Yeah, but she lo- doesn't. She kind. Of, eventually learn but i think sally said that she's always um kind of been able to maybe because you know sally had a really traumatic past so maybe she's Mm -hmm. always like looking for things like she's got kind Mm. of a fantasy in her head so she's like looking for things that would be like this you know also i read a, a, a fan theory about sally that i just remembered so remember how poseidon calls her a queen amongst women Mm-hmm. There was a theory that Sally is a descendant of a, like, a Greek queen, mm-hmm. and that's why she can see through the mist, because she has that's that really kind of Greek royalty blood in her. Not necessarily like a demigod blood, but she has ties to ancient Greek. Ancient that's Greeks. really interesting. Yeah. I've kind of thought about that a little bit before. Because, mm-hmm. like, yeah. Uh, okay, cool. So going on... So, have you ever noticed how Hades and Zeus have like multiple kids, and Poseidon's the only one who like really followed it because he only has one? Um, I mean, do we Did count Tyson? Do we count Tyson or no? No, because Tyson, there are many Cyclops. Oh, true. But Percy's the only demigod, and like Zeus has two mm-hmm. recent. And Hades doesn't have any recent because they're all from like the 40s. Yeah. Or Hazel is, uh, I don't really remember when Hazel is from, but it's earlier than Nico. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Gotcha. Huh. Yeah. Interesting. Anyway, so moving on. Uh, we got a lovely message from Jovial Arts thanking us for the live stream, also suggesting a YouTube series for us, which is called uh, Entering the Percy Jackson Heroes of Olympus Fandom Like by Coley Does Things on YouTube. So, yeah, check that out. Uh, from Cassie MP13, we got some fan art that we'll be posting along with this episode. Oh, I love that. Yeah, isn't that cool? I really like it. Um, but they also have a question for us. Um... Would Tyson have the same amount of power, amount of power as Percy, or more, being the son of the sea god, but also a very powerful monster who can withstand fire? Uh, I don't think Tyson has the same water manipulation Percy does. No, I don't think so. I read a fan fiction once about like adult Percy, and at that point, Poseidon had two more demigod kids, and I thought this was interesting. But in this fan fiction, it said that the newer kids couldn't control all water. Like, one mm. could only control salt water, and one could only control, like, fresh water. Interesting. Because, like, Percy's the first one in such a long generation. And I also think, like, there's such a difference between who Percy is, quote, biologically, and who Tyson is. Mm. You know, because there's so many Cyclops. Yeah. Though I would also suggest that Tyson may not... Like, Tyson's and Percy's powers aren't really that comparable. Because I think Tyson is also extremely powerful. Because, yeah, he can withstand fire. Percy can't withstand fire. Like, 
And I think that's a really cool idea because that power withstanding fire probably comes from Poseidon, like because since water like takes out fire. I think Typhon can breathe underwater. Can he? I think because doesn't he work for Poseidon in his underwater? Like, <laughs> oh, I always read that as like it's like an air bubble for some reason, but probably. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But like I, yeah, I feel like Tyson is maybe like as powerful as Percy, but in very different ways. Yeah, that's what I would say. Uh, I say Percy's more powerful. Hmm. Interesting. But like, it's a different kind of power. Yeah. One's almost more of a magical power, and one's more like a brute strength. Like, mm-hmm. this is what I was built for. Power. Yeah. You know. Though Tyson can eventually like learn. Tyson's a like. By all Greek mythology definitions, Tyson's a monster. Yeah. You know? Mm -hmm. Like, not in a bad way, but that he's a cyclops. Yeah. Okay, gotcha. It's Hmm. interesting. Yeah. Interesting conversation. Thank you. All right, cool. And that's all of the DMs that we got. So what about some reviews, Hannah? Yeah, let me go to the... Um, Apple Podcast. So, uh, we got a few. Um, a lot of, we got one that said, I'm a gladiator back from your hiatus, uh, and I really like, uh, listening to PJO Podcast, and then we got one from Call Me Crayfish 666. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Uh, it's <laughs> oh, it's so funny. Been waiting for a Percy Jackson podcast like this for what seems like a million years, and it says Annabeth is blonde, cookies are blue, Percy Jackson's awesome, and so are you. <laughs> uh, which was really cute. And then we got one say from E. Annabeth that says, totally listen to this podcast. Also, daughter of Athena, I have always wanted to be an architect before I wrote this book, and I hate spiders. <laughs> nice. So, yeah. <laughs> Fun. And that's it, yeah. And huh. we are at 49 ratings, so if someone wants to be the 50th rating... We're at 49 ratings? Yeah. How many one-stars? Can you see that? I can't see how many are one-stars, because when people leave one-stars, it's usually they don't leave a review after it. Oh, so we have 49 like written reviews, not like the star reviews. No, 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 no. We have 49 star reviews. Oh. We have... And, like, almost everyone who left a five-star leaves a review, but there are more people who leave five-stars and don't leave a review. Mm. So you can rate it and not review it. Yeah, okay, gotcha. Apple makes no sense to me, sorry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure if you are the one uploading it, you can see the specific stats. Yeah. Please okay. give us five stars. Please give us five stars. That'd be great. Also, share it with your friends. Let yes. Also great, yeah. Cool. so hannah are you ready for some chapters oh yeah all right we have some meaty chapters here they are thick with three c's and one q like that's how thick these chapters are this will be fun. But, like, they're also great chapters. Um, okay, let me flip to... Yeah, I, to be quite honest, was getting a little... I didn't really want to... When I sat down to read, I didn't really want to read two mm. monsters. I just wasn't in the mood. Then I got into these chapters, and I was like, oops. 
Oh, this book's actually more entertaining than I remember. Yeah, yeah. You, I've forgotten a lot about this book. And also, like, it is, I think this is probably, like, the slowest start of one of the, of the original. Yeah. Can um, I point out that we're almost halfway through? Are we already? It is less than 300 pages. Oh, wow. Yeah. Is this the shortest one, too? Is this the shortest Percy Jackson? Either that, I mean, I'll have to look at uh, page counts and I can maybe get back to you before the end of the podcast. Okay. But it does seem like the three in between books in the series are all super short. Mm-hmm. To be exact, we are 43% done with the book. Hmm. Interesting. Cool. All right. So the fifth chapter is called I Get a New Cabin Mate. And so this um, picks up around the time where Tyson is entering into camp. And Tyson is just um, amazed at everything with this camp. He hasn't seen anything like this before. It's almost like like a child walking into Disney. Like it's super cool for him. Um, and Percy's kind of explaining the cabin system, a little bit of foreshadowing there uh, about how Percy's the only one in his cabin and, and trying to explain to Tyson about the uh, demigod system a little bit more. Um, but they eventually get to the big house where Chiron is, uh, which, by the way, the teacher that's reading um, the books to me pronounces it Chiron. She puts the emphasis on the Ron, which I love. Um because we, of course, know from the previous chapter that Chiron is leaving uh, for some reason. And Annabeth is super distressed by this because, as the book says, no, Chiron is kind of a father figure to Annabeth because she's been there for so long. And her father's, you know, her father. Um, and this is where my mishearing comes in. Um, because it describes Chiron a little bit and what he's doing. So at first we get the description that Chiron's horse is like a white side is like a white stallion, which is interesting because like it's never portrayed as a white stallion anywhere that I've seen. It's always like a brown horse to like match yeah. his hair. But yeah, Chiron is this white stallion, and as he he's like packing up his things, and as he's packing up his things, um, it says that he is listening to Frank Sinatra. I misheard this and thought that it said that he looked like Frank Sinatra. <laughs> so that I decided, as I was listening to the rest of the audiobook, to do a very bad Photoshop job of what I thought uh, Chiron looked like, and I just sent that to you. And I want Where? you to, I just texted it to you. <laughs> and I want your live reaction. What? It hasn't sent yet, so I'm... Oh, it's sending right now. And, uh, and I just want your live... Re- I'll also post this on the Instagram when we um, go live with the episode. Uh, yeah, it's taking a long time to send for some reason. Don't know why. Do, 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 do. Anyway, I'm going to continue on and just tell me when you get it, okay? I'm scared. <laughs> it's hilarious, and I, I'm obsessed with it. Um... So anyway, so yeah, Chiron's leaving, Annabeth is distressed, and Chiron eventually leaves with the message of like, Annabeth, look out for Percy, he's gonna kill himself, okay? Oh, I just, I think it just sent. Hold on. I want your live reaction. (laughs) 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 This is a really good Photoshop. It's terrible, let's be real here. But yeah. I love that, it's good. Is what I how I imagined. What? What'd you say? 
You're so stoic. <laughs> so dapper. So dapper. Yeah. <laughs> but like I made that. And I. Jazzy horse. <laughs> Trotting around singing his tunes. <laughs> I made that and I laughed. I made that and I laughed for like 10 minutes straight. And it's my, one of my favorite things. Maybe it's just because I'm going crazy in quarantine, but like yeah. I found so much enjoyment in that. And so, yeah, I'll post it on the Instagram for all of you. By the way, I'm not going to post it with any description on the Instagram, so you'll have to listen to this episode to figure out what the heck that picture is. Um, yes. But yeah, it's great. Um, let me know when you finish chapter five so I can give you my notes. Okay. So, um, Annie So Chiron is leaving, and they have a long discussion and everything. Chiron tells Annabeth to watch out, and then... We um, get word that, you know, that Mr. Uh, who comes to fetch them? I forget. Uh, someone fe- fetches them from the big house. It's like, hey, there's like a big meeting happening in the dining center. And Mr. D wants you to be there. And also the new activities director, who is this guy named Tantalus. Percy doesn't know who Tantalus is. Uh, and we then get introduced to him. And I'm going to pitch that Tantalus is the Percy Jackson equivalent to Umbridge. Let's be real here. Oh, oh, I got some Tantalus tea for you. Ooh, okay, I'm excited. Do you want to say that now or later? No, I want to get through this first. Yeah. Um, so Percy goes into the dining center. Um, he's noticing, like, all of the cabin heads. They look a little roughed up from the battle. Uh, Clarice has a You Moo Girl sign taped to her back, which I think is hilarious. We also get the first description of Charles Beckendorf. Uh, who is one of my favorite characters. And so oh, I'm, yeah. I'm very happy that we finally uh, get a description of him. He's described as a, as a big 15-year-old. No one cho- calls him like Charles or Charlie. He he just goes by Beckendorf. Like, he, like one of those people that just goes by their last name. Uh, we also get a description of the other captains as well. And we see that the Stoll brothers um, are... And now the new head of the Hermes cabin, uh, now that Luke is, you know, kind of away and being evil, um, which have we mentioned on this podcast yet that we got a lot of messages that's like, the Skull Brothers are not twins. They're, they're brothers. Yeah. <laughs> have we mentioned that on this podcast? I forget. No, we haven't mentioned it. Yeah. Yeah. We, yeah. The Skull Brothers are not twins. twins. I think we just thought of them as twins because of the Weasley Fred twins. George. Yeah. Let's be, yeah. Um, but yeah, they're not twins. <laughs> Oops, we're sorry. We're we're Percy Jackson scholars. It's fine. Um, Anywho, also we get a uh, first sight of Mr. D, and then Tantalus. And if those of you who don't know, it's Tantalus in Percy eventually figures this out. Tantalus is this uh, Greek myth figure uh, who he I don't remember what he how he was in life. I think he was like a king, like a super cruel king. Um, they go more into it in uh, the 7th and 8th chapter. Mm, gotcha. Yeah, but the, the basic description that we're given is that, no, he, in the underworld, he was sentenced to, like, be in this pool of water and have grapes dangling in front of him, but he can never drink anything and he can never eat anything. And that kind of follows him into now, now that he's, like, not in the underworld, but he still, he keeps, like, trying to summon, like, he summons root beer, which, like, good on you, man, great taste, I love root beer, um, and, uh, like, food, and it just, like, keeps almost, like, 
moving away from him, which I think is a hilarious little image, and I wish well, was in the movie. You, so, so you know why, right? You know why? Okay, so I'm just gonna jump into this real quick. Yeah. But Tim Nicholas chopped up his kids and sent them to the gods. Oh, okay. Yep, 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 yep. yep. Can't eat anything. Gotcha. Oh, yep. Okay. Yep, yep, yep. Who was I thinking? I was thinking of another king. I don't know. Okay. Cool. Well, I think he was. Hmm. Okay. Because he invited the gods to dinner. Oh. Yeah. Oof. Yeah, dude. Yeah. Dude has some yeah. problems. Uh, yeah, he's got issues. Yeah. Are you done with the, is the end of the Oh, I'm almost. I'm almost done. Um, Sorry, I'm so, anxious. <laughs> okay, so they're at dinner and they start. And the conversation is brought up about Tyson and like, what are we gonna they gonna do with Tyson? They don't know where to put a monster. Uh, and Tantalus kind of goes on, essentially like an anti-monster slash a little bit racist rant uh, about how Tyson is a monster and he's gonna be bad for the camp and everything. No one really knows how to place him, and then all kind of before this as well like tantalus like doesn't acknowledge that percy did anything like he has tantalus is essentially also like umbridge and also the dursleys let's like he's like those kinds of people Uh and he kind of blames percy and annabeth for a lot of things and like even though Percy and Annabeth basically defeated the bulls from the last chapter, uh, he gives that honor of, to Clarice, who even, like, admittedly, like, like she admits that she, she didn't really... She was very humble. Yeah. Well, as, as he says, yes. But anyway, so they get to talking about Tyson, and they're not sure, you know, what to do with Tyson, and... Um, yeah, and uh, does he? I'm trying to think of. So yeah, okay. What I'm thinking of doesn't happen yet. Uh, it happens at the end of the chapter. Um, well, and, like the whole thing is Tyson was really the one who saved everyone. Yeah. But they're not going to admit that. No. No. So as the dinner goes on, Tantalus also announces the the revival of the camp activity chariot races. Which, so, I really like this chapter, as much as we like to defend Percy Jackson for not copying Harry Potter, I'm sorry, but the chariot races are essentially like the Quidditch, or like the Triwizard Tournament. Essentially, like, I'm sorry, it's, it's, yeah, sorry. Anyway, so, uh, Tantalus brings back the chariot races, which everyone was like, uh, maybe not, because as one of the Apollo kids screams out, there were three deaths and 26 mutilations that happened the last time the chariot races happened. But Tantalus is like, it's fine, because guess what? The winning cabin, uh, like, gets relieved of, like, the camp chores for the whole month. So, like, no cleaning out the staples, no cleaning the bathrooms, any of that kind of stuff. Like, the winning cabin doesn't do any of that. But there's, I think this is a little bit of foreshadowing because Clarice mentions that, like, hey, if all the people are going to be at the chariot races, who's going to be guarding the camp? And the Tantalus is like, don't worry about it. Um, Don't worry about it. And so finally they come back to Tyson and they're trying to figure out what to do with him. And that's where Tyson, even though like we've kind of already spoiled this, um, Tyson gets claimed. He's a son of Apollo. The the, the trident goes is what? over his head and everything. Hey, hey. What? Hey. What? Think about what he said. Go back. Did I say something wrong? 
You said Apollo. I'm sorry, I'm thinking about me. He's the son of Poseidon. <laughs> <laughs> Spoiler, no. Hey, right, hold up. What book did you read? <laughs> sorry. Um, Tyson is a son of Poseidon. Um, and, and Percy's like, and basically it ends the chapter of like, Percy's like, oh, great. Yeah. And that's the end of the chapter. Yeah, it's very nice. Look into the camera. Yeah. Shy. Ending. Yeah. Uh, there's one thing I really want to talk about in this chapter. Mm-hmm. And that's when Chiron makes Annabeth swear on the river sticks that she'll protect Percy. Mm. Because does that end? I don't think that ends. You know? Yeah, I mean, he didn't say... There was an ending. Yeah. Or specific. Did Chiron just, like, cheat Annabeth into being Percy's bodyguard for the rest of their life? A little bit. Chiron. That's what I think about. Like, I don't think River Sticks gives specifics, but when you think about it, like... Oh! Oh! Mm. What? What? Think about the last... Think about uh, book five. When she takes the dagger for him. Mmm... I wonder if that like if that's like that's when it ends. I don't think that's when it ends because then think about Lost Hero when she Chiron actually failed to do that. Well, Chiron, what did you do? And then what happens when she finds him is almost like a punishment oh, God. for losing him in the first place. Chiron. Chiron. Oh. Uh. Well, it's not her fault he went missing. No, it's not. Because she can't sit in his cabin and make sure no god steals him. Yeah. Though, let's also be honest here. I think that also the swearing on the river sticks was the official sign that Chiron shipped them. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely, yeah. Chiron's well, also, a first Annabeth shipper. She knows Annabeth is the only one who can do it. Yeah, oh, true. Yeah. Okay. Any other notes? Well, and you, you remember in Labyrinth when they're burning his funeral pyre because they think he's dead. Mm-hmm. And she, he comes back and she just screams at him. Yeah. Because she, she would have failed. You know? Yeah. And that doesn't go over well with her. Yeah. And it's more, it's more than just, you know, failing that promise. It's also, she loves them and they're good friends at mm-hmm. that point. Yeah. They both want it to be a little more, but no one's going to say anything. Yeah. But, like, also think about how useful that would be. Because, like, you, you would think, like, if Annabeth, if, like, that happened, if she swore on the yeah. river sticks, if... <sighs> Like she should would have she should have known that Percy was okay eventually, because nothing when happened she to her. You know, get super punished for it. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. Cause like, would well, she? Also, is she like? Does she? She can. Yeah. You know, what happens if you break? You like you die if you break your promise on the on the river sticks, I right? I think so, but I think if you like, if she was the one to push him into harm's way I think it'd be different than if it accidentally happened mm, okay hmm like if she was trying I don't know I don't yeah. know how it works it's another missed thing it's like an unbreakable vow yeah more Harry Potter comparisons okay uh let's be real here 
Okay. Um, next, so, okay, should I go on to chapter six? Absolutely. So chapter six is called Demon Pigeons Attack. Which, like, I love pigeons, but they are demons. Yes. Um, so the chapter starts off kind of in a montage a little bit of them getting ready for the cherry races. Originally, it was going to be Percy, Tyson, because they're in a cabin, and, like, Annabeth, because Percy's like, well, Annabeth's mom, Athena, invented the chariot. Percy's dad, Poseidon, and invented the horse. They should team up. But they have a fight, um, because Annabeth still, like, is kind of not trusting of Tyson for good reason. Mm-hmm. Um, so they have a fight, and they don't end up working together, so it's just Percy and Tyson. Um, but Percy's also training, started trying to train, but, like, he's not training with the people that he wants to train with, because, like, you know, he would train with, so he used to be tra- training with swords with Luke, but now Luke's gone. The next best fighter would be Annabeth, but they had a fight and all this. And Percy j- is just not having the best of time also because people are kind of giving him a little bit of a, a hard time for having a Cyclops as a brother because it's like that un- that embarrassing older sibling, you know. Uh-huh. So yeah, it's just not the, the, the best um, thing for Percy. Um, and so Percy just having a difficult time. He also thinks about... Okay, I'm recording right now. Hi. Okay. <laughs> um, I'll have some later. <laughs> Thank you. Aw, special appearance. Um, yeah. And he also, like, thinks a little bit about who was poisoning Talia's tree. And is, he's convinced that Luke did this. And he is thinking about Luke did, Luke, what Luke said to him before, you know, Luke tried to kill him. And that's where Percy drifts off and we see a dream from Percy. And this is my favorite thing in the whole chapter, which is this dream. Because Percy immediately sees Grover, and Grover finally is wearing the wedding dress. I knew he eventually wore the wedding dress. I knew he eventually did. But it was in this dream. So he's wearing a wedding dress, and he's, like, in this cave. But Grover's talking with him. And he's... And it's very obvious that, like, Percy realizes, like, okay, this isn't just a regular dream. This is Grover talking to him. Like, dream walkie-talkies here. Um... And we eventually find out that Grover is being trapped by this monster who has a scent like Pan. Uh, so that's why a lot of satyrs have gone to this where this monster is because they think that they're trying to find that they're finding Pan. But in fact, this monster just eats the satyrs. But because Grover's mm-hmm. wearing a wedding dress, this monster who doesn't have good eyesight is convinced that Grover is a lady um, and oh. wants to marry Grover. And Grover keeps putting off the wedding because as he says that he's making a wedding veil and it's going to take two weeks and it's been already a couple of days and Grover's like you gotta help me before these two weeks are up because otherwise this monster's going to find out that I'm not a lady and it's going to eat me uh-huh. which like so A Grover is doing drag what would Grover's drag name be? I don't know what you're going to have to <laughs> message us what is Grover's drag name? Um, but also, we come to learn that Grover had to do something int- very special to, in order to get this dream link going on. Is that they? He eventually had to like do something with both of their s- souls or something. I know the the uh, 
the details are a little fuzzy. Um, but essentially, if Grover dies, Percy will die too. Yeah, the empathy. Which, like, also kind of going along with what you said, does that end? I think it can spade. Well, like, we know that in Lost Hero, Grover mentions that it hasn't been working. Hmm, okay. So maybe when Percy's memory was wiped, it kind of got reset. Mm-hmm. Okay, gotcha. Because, like, that's, that stuck out to me. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so Percy has this dream. The next day he wakes up, Tyson wakes him up because, like, Percy's screaming in his dream. And it's the day of the chariot races. Uh, Percy immediately tries to go to Annabeth, tell Annabeth about the dream. Annabeth kind of shakes it off a little bit because, you know, the fight and everything. And Annabeth is thinking She's that, like, you're just trying to distract me. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but eventually he kind of convinces Annabeth. Annabeth is a little more convinced and everything. Um, but the races start, so they will deal with it after the races. So we have, like, a lot of good action sequence with this chariot race. I'm not going to, like, give a play-by-play, but the races are super intense. Some chariots have already been destroyed uh, as the race starts. Also, as the chariot races, Percy describes that they are built for speed, not for comfort or for um, multiple people. So you have one person driving the chariot and one person kind of, like, like attacking essentially and so tyson is the attacker percy is the driver essentially Uh um and the races are super intense but tyson starts to point out that there are these weird birds everywhere and like they're not sure why um well they kind of noticed them uh at the beginning and like right before the races start a bunch of the campers are like uh, what's that? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's very ominous, but like no one sees through it, you know. But the birds start to attack. Um, and that's where we realize that they are not just pigeons. Uh, they are, I'm going to try to pronounce this, um, Steinf- so Steinfalian? That's better than I would do. Ah, they're that birds. That's Annabeth realizes. But also, so do you remember this? It's an, I know it's a TikTok audio, but I think it was a meme before that, where it's the meme of like all the, the birds. birds. The birds are dead. They're replaced by robots. They work for the bourgeoisie. Yeah. And that's the only thing that I thought of as I was listening to this chapter because I was like, oh, these birds really work for the bourgeoisie. <laughs> I just thought that was Excellent. hilarious. Yes. Yep. Um, so yeah, all the birds are swarming them. There's a whole lot of them. Annabeth and Percy have kind of teamed back up again. They're trying to fe- um, figure it out. And that's when Annabeth gets the great, great, great idea. That was a combination of great and bright, by the way, uh-huh. in case you're wondering. Um, it's very gr- gruel. Um, and, uh, Annabeth, like, has an idea. They race to the big house. Clarice calls after them, like, hey, you're running from a fight. But what they do is they get us, uh, go into Chiron's music collection, um, and they pull out, uh, the all-time greatest hits of Dean Martin. 
Um, and they start to play it around the birds, and the birds kind of get disoriented enough where the, they are either flying away or they can be shot down with arrows. And that's how the yeah. birds are. The, the chaos is, uh, has destroyed the camp a little bit, but everyone's okay. And Tantalus is kind of like, it's fine. Don't worry about it. It's going to be totally fine. And it's, like, it's just <laughs> ignoring the, the problem. And that's the yeah, end of the chapter. Yeah. He keeps trying to grab food. Yeah, no worries. But yeah, that's the end of chapter. Yeah. Very intense chapter. I yes. love the cherry races, and it made me really happy when they reintroduced them. Yeah. Um, I love the part in the dream where Grover goes, Prince is like, where are you? And Grover goes, I don't know. I went to Florida and turned left. <laughs> turned left. Yes. Uh, yes. One of the things I noticed, I said the empathy link is one of my favorite concepts in the book. Mm-hmm. And I was wondering if you can, like, form one with someone mm-hmm. unconsciously. Like, uh, like you, like, okay. Like, if you, if you have such a strong connection to someone, I'm wondering if it could just happen. Like, if it's an organic thing ever. I mean, Annabeth says that they're really hard to do, so maybe not, but I feel like be an interesting i just want to know more yeah i i feel like that's something that you have to actively do but it sounds like so only one person of the link has to do it which i Mm -hmm. think is kind of bogus yeah (laughs) like that feels weird especially like if maybe that's why the connection is so not good maybe um I noticed that Rick Ryan really likes to make the Aphrodite campers sound ditzy, and I get such, like, a 13-year-old boy, they really would seem like it, but mm. I'm wondering if Selena and Piper, like, their character arts are the redemption for that. I think so. Yeah. Oh, yeah, totally. Um, I just said this is a great action chapter. Percy and Annabeth are always the best team. Mm. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It's great. And I just, Tantalus just kisses Clarice's butt this whole book. Yeah. Yeah. Candlelist doesn't know what he's doing. Oh, I'll get into that. <laughs> All right, you have your chapters then? Yeah, chapter seven. I accept gifts from a stranger. Mm-hmm. So, Candlelist really phrases he pins these birds on person near them. Calurius is the champion and did nothing wrong. Um, so Percy tells Tantalus to go eat a donut. Mm. Uh, and uh, Percy and Annabeth entice him are sent to kitchen patrol where they are scrubbing pots and pans and just uh, doing all the kitchen all the kitchen duties that they can without, you know, burning themselves. Yeah. Uh, because it's washed with lava. Uh so Tyson's fine, but Percy and Annabeth are talking about they're fine now that they have a mutual enemy. Um, and Annabeth starts to believe Percy about the dream. Mm. And Annabeth puts the pieces together, as she always does. And uh, they think that Grover has stumbled upon the Golden Fleet. Mm. And uh, the Golden Fleet is a common thing in Greek mythology. Uh, Jason goes on a quest to find it. Um, uh, other Jason, not Golden Bear Jason. Jason. Yeah. Uh, Three thousand years ago, they told him to find the Golden Fleece, and it's about Jason the Argonaut. Mm-hmm. And Percy says, "Yeah, that movie with the clay skeleton. I've never seen this movie. Uh, huh? I don't know what he's talking about." Wait, hold on. I'm gonna look it up as you read. Okay. Uh, so basically, just a uh, Greek myth refresher. Uh, so 
I'm just going to read word for word what Annabeth says. So the real story of the place, there were two children of Zeus, cannabis in Europa, okay? Uh-huh. They must get offered up as human sacrifices when they prayed to Zeus to save them. So Zeus sent the magical flying ram with the golden wall, which picked them up in Greece and carried them all the way to Colchis in the Asia Minor. Well, actually, it carried cadmus. Europa fell off and died along the way, but that's not important. Percy says, it was probably important to her, which I think is really funny. Oh, okay. Um, Hold on. Going back to um, the Argonauts. So there's an, it's a, a reference to the 1963 movie, Jason and the Argonauts. Um, and I'm looking up. So it's a movie about Jason, essentially. Um, but it's one of the first movies to like re- seriously use clay, clay, uh, clay animation. Ooh, nice. And like that's what the skeletons were, and it's if you're if you are a Spy Kids scholar like I am, uh, you will know that the skeleton fight in Spy Kids Two is based on the skeleton fight of Jason and the Argonauts. That's a oh. reference. Yeah, it's super cool. Yeah, when I look this up, I'm like, oh yeah, I've seen this. Cool. Mm. Mm-hmm. So then when Cadmus got to Colchis, he sacrificed the golden ram and hung the fleece in the middle of the kingdom, and the kingdom thrived. So it has, like, good properties to it. Uh, so Jason goes to get the fleece because uh, he needs it for uh, curing sickness, strengthening nature, and cleaning of the pollution. And mm-hmm. then they put the pieces together that this could help Talia's tree. Yeah. Uh, but it's been missing for centuries. Uh, but Grover found it because he was searching for Pan, and Pan uh, gives off nature, I'm just going to say nature vibes, and so does the golden fleece. So he tried to find pan and he found that instead. Yeah. Um, Nature vibes. And everything's really adding up that this is very convenient and could be a trap. And they're like, well, we, we have to go. We're mm. going to convince Tantalus to let us go. If we gang up on him and we get everyone into it. Uh, and they kind of figure out that this is in the Bermuda Triangle. Yeah. This is where the Sea of Lobsters is. Yeah. So... They at, at the campfire they bring it up to Tantalus and everyone's just going yeah we want a quest we want a quest and of course Tantalus is like yeah we'll have a quest but we can only give it to the greatest champion of the camp and guess who that is Clarice um, of course which like can we talk about okay the Sea of Monsters movie like and they don't have Tantalus but they have Mr D do this mm-hmm. kind of accurate on their part let's be real here like that happens I mean, in the movie it works a little bit but. I'm going to get into the fact that they missed a really good thing mm. after we're done with this. Yeah. Um, so, Tantalus is like, oh, I'm really skeptical. And then all the campers are like, quest, quest, quest. And so they say, Clarice is going to go. And he mentions that there's two obvious choices for companions. And mm. I'm wondering if he needs Percy and Annabeth. But another part of me doesn't think he does because he, he's, you know, a gay bag. Yeah. Um, and... Clarice is too, I think he knows that Clarice is too prideful to pick them anyway. Mm-hmm. So, Percy and Annabeth are the obvious choice, but they're not going to get picked. And then Chancellor goes into his backstory after Percy <laughs> and Annabeth get rejected. Yeah. Um, and I'll read a little, I'll tell you a little about, a bit about Chancellor. Mm-hmm. So he was a king. Yep. Uh, and he was even allowed to feast on Mount Olympus, but when he tried to take some ambrosia and nectar back to Earth to figure out the recipe... The, do- the gods punished him and banned him from their dining halls forever. His people mocked him, his children scolded him. Um, and so, uh, he invited the Olympians to a feast at his house to show them there was no hard feelings, but mm. his children were missing. Mm. He put his kids into the stew and the gods punished him. Uh, so, 
he can never, you know, he can never eat again. That's why the food always leaves him. Mm. Um, so he just like, story. so he just like Sweeney Todd them. Yes. Mm. <laughs> Basically. Gotcha. Uh, so Tyson. They, or Titus Andronicus. Uh, sorry. I was trying to think of the Shakespeare play that that kind of happens to Titus Andronicus. Sorry. Continue. Um, so anyways, everyone goes back to their rooms and Tyson understands that Percy's really bummed because Chancellor won't let him do what he wants to do. Mm-hmm. And Percy ends up going, he knows that Clarice going isn't going to go well. He's like, it could, but it probably won't because she doesn't know all the things that I know. Yeah. Um, which is very valid. And Percy goes to sit down on the beach to clear his head. It's not really a good idea for you to leave your cabin at night because the harpies will come out and eat you for being out of bounds, essentially. Um, and so, but he goes anyways, and he takes, uh, he, he's just chilling, and this jogger comes up on the beach and sits beside him, mm-hmm. and it turns out that that's Hermes. Yeah. Uh, which is our first, I think the first time we really see him in the books. I think yeah. he might be in the end of the first one. Um, Briefly, yeah. Um, but this is like his proper introduction. And we meet George and Martha. So Hermes has a phone that he uses to take orders. And when you when he extends it, it turns into his uh, catechist, I think it's called. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the symbol for medical. With yeah. the, the, like, the staff and the, the snake rock around it. So yeah. all of you have definitely seen it at some point. Um. George and Martha are the snakes wrapped around it, and I love them. They're so funny. <laughs> um, but Hermes is like, so about this whole quest thing. You're gonna go, right? And Percy's like, oh, I don't know, I don't know. And Hermes is like, well, I have some gifts for you. And he gives him this thermos that inside of it has the power of all the four corners, all the four winds of the four corners of the earth, I think it's what it is. Mm-hmm. I, I don't really know how to explain it. Yeah. But uh, it's like winds from all the poles and if you oh, if you open it, it'll, you know, release them so don't open it all the way. Yeah. And it's in this little like Hercules lunchbox thermos, mm-hmm. which I think is really, really funny. And it's also a compass on one side, mm-hmm. uh, which is really, really cool. Uh... One second. <laughs> Sorry. I definitely I skipped a page when I was reading this. Oh. My okay. pages got stuck together. And but it gives them chewable vitamins. Uh like little Flintstones? Yeah, but they're minotaur shaped. <gasps> uh fun. The lemon ones are minotaur shaped, the grape ones are furry furry. furry. They're furry. They're furries. Uh, are they hydrants. are they uh, furries? No, furries. <laughs> Anyways, uh, so Hermes explains that it's to get Grover, but it's also maybe to save Luke. Mm-hmm. This quest. So this is why he's really encouraging him. And then he's like, I, I just can't. Uh, and he's like, Well, I hope it packed well for you. And then he's like, Your dad will help you out with this. There's a ship over there. You see that ship in the water? Yeah, um, and then that's how the chapter ends. Kirby's leaves, mm. and we move on to chapter eight. Yeah. Any any questions? No. 
So they're literal seahorses. Yeah, ah. basically. Um, they grab the bags and they go towards the ship and they get there and um, they get on the Princess Andromeda. Mm. And it's obvious that there's, it, you know, there's a Greek woman on the front. Uh, and so it's their ride to Florida, basically, is what they know it is. And so they climb up, they get on board, and then they find abandoned rooms and they go to bed. So there's like no one on the ship, but it smells bad. Yeah. To Tyson. Meaning there's probably monsters. Of course there uh, is. And everyone just gets the feeling that something isn't right. Mm. And then Percy goes to bed, and he has his worst dream. He's standing over the pitch charterist, and Kronos is talking to him. And then it flashes to Grover, and we see that Grover is still trying to convince uh, the Cyclops that he is working on the, the wedding train, and he, he's not ready, so he needs more time. And he's mm-hmm. still trying to convince him, but he's like, Percy, you need to hurry up. Yeah. Uh, and then... The voice Percy hears in the dream, I think he maybe mentioned this in another chapter, but it sounds a lot like Tyson, so we know it's a Cyclops, um, is the thing, and it's, you know, spooky. And then they wake up, and on the announcement, they mention disemboweling practice. Uh, that's one of the activities on the ship. So you start to realize that things aren't right, and then they see, they overhear a family walking through the halls, and they sound very robotic. Mm. Very robotic. And then they hear a reptilian voice talking, and so they're trying to, like, sneak around the ship, and they end up hiding in a restroom, and guess who walks by? (gasps) Who? Luke. (gasps) And so they were trying to get off the ship, but now they realize that they have to stay, and that's where the chapter ends. When does Luke say, um, yell at Percy to get off his roof? That's only in the movie, but that is a good moment. That is, yeah. <laughs> he doesn't even yell. He just looks at me and he's like, hey, what are you doing? Get, get off, off my roof. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, gotcha. So, and, and just for clarification, so has Clarice already left for her quest as well at this point, or no? They don't know. Okay. Gotcha. Because this is the same night as the campfire. Okay, yeah, because I was when I was reading it, I, was, I wasn't sure, but I knew that you picked up things better than I do. <laughs> it's okay. <sighs> it's okay, but uh, this brings me to my point. Mm-hmm. Uh, I struck gold. Yeah. Uh, while reading this, I, I have a question for you, Brayden. Okay. I'm excited. 
have you seen the movie Silence of the Lambs? No, I have not. All right. Those, for those of you who don't know, Silence of the Lambs, just a brief rundown, it is a horror movie. So if you are young, please do not look up Silence of the Lambs. That's probably why I've never um, seen it, because I hate horror movies. It is one of the best movies ever, regardless uh. of being a horror movie or not. Um, and it's about this detective. Her name is Clarice. Okay. And she is assigned... I'm probably butchering this, but she's assigned to the case uh, to find this killer named Buffalo Bill. They've okay. been kidnapping women, and they don't really know a lot about what's going on, uh, but women are being kidnapped, and they're trying to find him. Um, and so she goes to consult this man, Hannibal Lecter, mm. who knew Buffalo Bill to find out more about him. I, I know of Hannibal Lecter. Yes. Okay. There's, there's a lot of spinoff. Um, and essentially, there's this whole thing where she grew up on a farm that butchered lambs, and one of the lines in the movie is, "Have the lambs stopped screaming, Clarice?" And it's it's really good. It's a great it's a great movie. Mm-hmm. Um, very specific. This book is Silence of the Lambs, and I will explain why. Okay. Uh, Tantalus, right? Okay. Mm-hmm. Tantalus is Hannibal Lecter. Okay. Hannibal Lecter is a cannibal. Who, if you don't own a cannibal, is a cannibal who eats people. Yeah. Right? And it's frowned upon in, in most countries. Do. Okay. What does Tantalus do? He chops up his kids and he puts them in food and makes people eat them. Okay. So there's a similarity there. Who is Tantalus of best with? Clarice. Clarice. And Hannibal Lecter in the movie. <laughs> He and Clarice, he he is very helpful to Clarice, and anyone who's seen the movie can like picture him saying Clarice because he just kind of like kisses it a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's just a lot like the the vibes are very similar. Okay. Um, and I so in the movie, uh, this woman is kidnapped. And I'm not going to get into gross details, uh, but the whole dressmaking thing that Grover does, and then you think about what Buffalo Bill does, is a little, is a little similar. Not probably intended. Okay. Um, I'm not going to go into details because I don't want to freak anyone out. Okay. Uh, I think I know but, of, like, just from pop culture references, yeah. I think I know what you're talking about. Yes. And by pop culture references, um, I mean a, a recent uh, RuPaul's Drag Race runaway look. Uh, okay. Um, so, the fleece, right? It comes from a ram, but it's very, you know, there's the whole, like, silence of the lambs. <laughs> you know? Okay. Uh, that, that, just that kind of made a connection for me. And then Grover is kidnapped, right? Mm-hmm. And they're looking for him. I can't remember in the movie if they're looking for the kidnapped girl, if you're specifically looking. I think they're specifically looking for the, the murderer. But Clarice is going after him. And that's just the connection with getting help from a cannibal-type person, the name Clarice. Oh lamb-like animals. Okay. And a kidnapping. <laughs> So, Sea of Monsters... Is Silence of the Lambs. Well, it's Silence of the Lambs plus the Odyssey, essentially. Yes. <laughs> okay. Mm-hmm. 
I'm gonna put that on. I'm gonna put that onto the list of questions that we ask Ricard, and when we eventually. Oh, I tweeted at him already. I was like, please explain this. <laughs> okay. So okay. I struggled. all. <laughs> all right. Um. Do you have anything else? No. <laughs> uh, I think that that's the perfect note to end on then. Oh, yes. Horror. <laughs> Silence of the Lambs, yes. Yes. <laughs> okay. Gotcha. Well, then, uh, this was the Demipod, where we overthink a book series made for middle schoolers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, if you want to follow us, we are on Instagram and Twitter at Demipodcast. Um, mm. You can also follow us individually. I am some Braden stuff, and that's Braden spelled B-R-A-D-E-N, the correct way to spell Braden. Um, uh, but I'm at some Braden stuff on Instagram and TikTok and YouTube. And how about what about you, Hannah? I'm saying Hannah lives on everything. Yeah. Cool. And uh, I know send us some DMs. We I, we asked some questions during this podcast, so feel free to. Now ask us or answer those questions or ask us mm-hmm. other questions and send us fan art and no we love to hear from y'all. Leave us yeah, preferably five star, but you know, any review. Yeah, give us an honest review. Yes. What you think about the show. Yeah, we would love to hear. All Absolutely. right. Absolutely. Yeah. Alright. Well, have a great day. Have a great quest. <laughs> and see ya. See ya. Theme music in this podcast is Take Me Higher by Jazzar and is licensed under an attribution share alike license. There's a link to the music in our show notes. This is a fan created podcast. This podcast has no affiliation with Rick Riordan, Disney, or any of its affiliations.